Nice job. So this is the second week in a row that we started the sermon early, the message early, and then we'll, we'll pick up with the singing at the end. It's just different for the brain. And uh, it's actually good for the brain and uh, to process this. This is not the new normal. And some of you are going, good, because we would have to talk if it was. <laughs> I mean, there's just a mental preparedness that needs to, to happen. So Jesus, whew, thank you for today's content. Um, thank you for the video by Casting Crowns that just really gets to the depth of maybe some, what some of us are thinking or what we're experiencing or unfortunately going to have to go through. May it be that um, you, you reign supreme in our life and you illuminate your holy word that we would see it exactly for what it is, truth that sets us free. May your spirit be our teacher and our guide today in all things and help me to get out of the way of anything you want to do, Jesus. In your precious name we pray, amen. So um, check this out. Follow me, Jesus, as we've been talking about that. Take up our cross, deny ourselves, follow me, Jesus says. Well, that's great, except if you do that, chances are you don't do it all the time. I don't do it all the time. Um, in this quest of being set apart for sanctification, we do it more. And as we get older, we're doing more of the right things. And that's older in Christ for more of the right reasons. But um, we understand that sometimes we're, we're lukewarm. Because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You're going to go, well, that, that's interesting. That's a church that Jesus is talking to, not the Apostle John. <laughs> that's when Jesus is talking to. And uh, you're going, wow. But we know from Revelation 3.20, he doesn't spit him out of his mouth. Because in Revelation 3.20, who knows that verse? It's a big poster in sometimes people's houses because they, they really like the verse. Who knows the verse in 3.20? Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. So Jesus is inviting, Jesus is inviting this church to come and fellowship with him. It's not about salvation. Wrong context. Wrong context. And so, and so we, know, we know Jesus, yeah, Jesus does not leave this church. He loves this church. Well, this church too, but the church in Laodicea. Yeah, I know, I corrected it. Okay, so, uh, so anyway, yeah, this is going to be uh, interesting because sometimes we're lukewarm. If you remain lukewarm, if you remain lukewarm, not on fire, not really honed in on the the ways and means of Jesus, you, um, you, you, you find yourself frustrated, not wanting to go forward in your faith. Matter of fact, um, uh, lukewarm or falling away 
which is the third category, you might find yourself going, well, five hours before the Super Bowl, let's go party. <laughs> uh, which, okay, uh, that could be a state of lukewarmness when you have a chance to worship and adore Jesus. It could be. I'm not judging anybody that's doing that. But it could be. It could be a sign of falling away. Let's let you decide. I'm not your judge. Jesus. Jesus is your uh, commander and, and chief. And then last, we've got some people. Um, what are they doing? They're falling. They're falling away from what we would perceive as heaven. <laughs> um, yeah, they're falling. They don't look miserable, but um, oftentimes when we're falling away, you don't look miserable because <laughs> you're engaged in things that's producing dopamine in your brain, getting you excited about the moment, about the night, about the next day, about the next week. And then when that, all that, that pleasure, that worldly pleasure subsides, you're going, you're left empty, depressed. You're going, wow, Lord, I've strayed. I've strayed. Mm. Yeah, not good. So, but before we get officially started, before we put the time clock on, <laughs> let's uh, look at something funny. It was only after Noah finished his ark prototype that he finally admitted that he did not know what a cubit was. <laughs> oh. Okay, yeah. That's kind of funny. Okay, hey, hey, blind spots, blind spots. For those that get my message, my email message, I think I'm up to 40 people that are tolerating my weekly message um, and that, uh, and nobody has, has texted back and said, take me off your list. And, um, and, and that's not a bad thing if you just get too many emails. But um, I said, you're going to learn a little bit about blind spots. Hey, uh, go with this little journey. Uh, go on this little journey with me in the next couple of minutes. Blind spots. Say blind spots. Blind. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Do we believe in the gospel of Jesus? Yes. Yep, without a doubt. Good news about Jesus and his sacrificial death for us. Do we understand the basics of the gospel? Yeah. Yes. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. I believe we really do. Have you ever seen Galatians 3.28? Somebody read it nice and loud. Somebody read it with an authoritative voice. In a tra translation You went to seminary, though, didn't you? Yeah, but I didn't take King James. <laughs> well, you should have. Okay, a little bit louder. A little bit louder, Tommy, sorry. There can be neither Jews nor Greek. There can be neither bond nor free. There can be no male or female. For he, he all are one man in Christ Jesus. Thank you. Very nice job. Thank you. We're all one in Christ. Fair enough. Yes. We're all one in Jesus. Okay. Let's keep going. Who goes to Jean's or Debbie's or Gary's Bible study? Okay. Thank you. Good. And I know there's more of you. You just didn't put up your hand because we're probably thinking I'm going to ask you to do something. And I'm not. Uh, but that happens. 
Hey, what happened in the U.S. between 1776 and 1865? People were worshiping weekly. They were praying. They're studying God's word. They had the greatest of intention. But what happened in those, during that time, 1776 to 1865? Slavery. Not the slavery that was in the first century. <laughs> no, this is brutal, inhumane slavery. Really? Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. People going to church, they're singing, praising God, having their potlucks afterwards. And yet, and yet, and yet there's... They're, 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 they're treating and buying slaves so inhumanely, so rotten. Would you agree that America had a blind spot? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we know they exist. We know they exist. Draw a few conclusions here. We could be participating in worship and studying the Bible and still be blind to spiritual things. Church? One to another, 100%, 100% this is true. David Platt says in his book, part of our sinful nature instinctively chooses to see what we want to see and ignore what we want to ignore. And that is so true, each of us. We have different biases, different things that we fret about, different things that we overlook. Oh, that's not bad, that's not bad. And it's just, it's crazy. It's not truth. It's not going to set us free. It's not going to mature us when we let this go. Not even close. We need each other. I need my elders to, to say, Pastor Don, challenge me with this. Challenge me with that. Me challenge them. We need each other to say, hey, this is going well. I don't know if this is going that well. Let's think about that. We need each other to be able to speak truth and love and cover things that are unpleasant. Unpleasant. It's so, it's so vital. We have hidden spots. And unless somebody that trusts you and you trust them, oftentimes when the message comes that you have a blind spot from somebody you don't trust or you don't have that relationship with, it doesn't sit well. Yeah, who made you perfect? You're not. You know, I mean, people get really bent out of shape. So we need each other. Look at this little graph. It's kind of funny. Chance I will see a blind spot on my own. <laughs> With feedback, yeah. So let me bring something up regarding that. From the book Radical, Taking Back Your Faith from the American Dream. And by the way, some people have come up and they said they wanted to read it. It's life-changing. I won't do a commercial now. You know how expensive commercials are on Super Bowl Sunday? I'm not going to touch that. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, so it's really a great book. But um, yeah, as we go on here, here's a blind spot of David Platt, the guy that wrote the book in 2010. Here are some stats from 2010. Do we live if as these statements don't exist. And I'll tell you right now, until now, even though I've read the book now four times, ha, yes, <laughs> shame on me. What growth could I have experienced or had had I just taken a blind spot 
had it exposed, had it called, had me called out in my life, and then could attend to it. Over a billion people live and die in extreme poverty. Wow. 2010. They attempt to live off of less than $1 a day. And so I put AV there, Apple Valley. The people that I see at the, at the bus stops, um, I ignore. The people with the signs, nicely written signs, and some not so nicely written as I'm leaving the Stater Brothers. And uh, I just turn, I just, I just all of a sudden have something to look at the other way. And then when I drive past, I go back. Oh, I've got all the strategies down. Oh, I'm just, just really great. And, um, but, but these people, and then some of us go by and say, I don't think you're really that poor. Look at your shoes. I mean, we judge them. We judge them. It's, it's, I'm great at that. See me after the service. I'll give you three or four things that I think. But I don't see that God tells us to, to, to ask for their resume or their today's schedule or their, or their income log. I, he doesn't say that. They need something. Help them. Help them. In addition, two billion live on less than two dollars per day. Wow, look at this. This was almost half the world population in 2010 attempting to find food, shelter, or clean water. What is it here? You don't walk very far here and you see people in need. We're so good. I'm so good at saying, you know what? Uh, uh, I've got other things to think about. Next month, we're going to feed like 95 people at the church. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> too bad, too sad for them. You know, we just start to think we've done enough. It's, we've got a plan. It's okay. We'll leave it alone. And the plan's good. Our plan is good. But I'm, I'm having some conviction about my own life, and I get to just share it with you. <laughs> That's what you're seeing. Look at this. This is kind of funny. I spend blank dollars on my blank each day. I don't even want to tell you about my rice bowls, that flame broiler. Okay, with or without the drink, it's still 10 bucks. And so, and so I'm going... And, and, and yet, people in my own town, I'm okay with them just starving. I'm not okay with that. I'm sitting here telling you I'm not okay. Look at this. We're praying about ways to better serve people who struggle in our community. At the staff meeting, we talked about on the food project day, we talked about maybe having some tables set out with like items that people might be in need of. They can get out of their car, maybe in the field or something, peruse through items and have people from the church bring stuff in. We're already thinking about what can we do? What can we do? God's best blessing on churches around the nation, and I just know this because I see it with my own eyes, are in churches that take care of the poor, the down and out. That's where we see some of God's richest blessings. We want to be a part of that. We want to be an absolute part of that. Check this out. Justino and Robert, 
Justino and Robert are asking that you bring any unused coats or blankets to church next week so that we can go around and provide warmth and witness to people on the street. So next Sunday, bring in any coats that you have extra. It's cold outside. It's cold all night. It's cold in the daytime if you're from Phoenix. It's cold. And so if you would bring that in, maybe even during the week, right, Justino, during the week, people could come in and uh, give it to Erica between 9.45 and 1 o'clock or something when she's here. If they don't, they can't bring it next week. But, uh, but bring some things. Bring some blankets. And then uh, Justino and I talked last month about going, I think it's on 7th Street, and just passing them out to people at night. Robert's in, and uh, he and Justino have been talking about it. But we got to start. we got to start somewhere and then build from there. And you'll all be a part of the next steps because we can't do it without each other and help. So this is, this is the start, the start of repentance. Jesus, the start of just turning and saying, I'm sorry. And uh, corporately, Lord, uh, sorry for not leading your church this way uh, sooner. Oh, brother. Look at this. Comforting lies, unpleasant truths. This is interesting. I live in uh, my affluence and pretend that I don't know billions are starving and dying without Christ. Even those in our own community. That's, that's a good sign of lukewarm as it continues. That's a good sign of lukewarm. No, I didn't take up baton twirling, but I'm going to use this in just a moment. It's, uh, it's my prop. The lies that I believe. I'm doing plenty for God. Too much. <laughs> Let somebody else do it. <laughs> I'm doing way too much. I'm ahead of everybody, so therefore I'm blessed. They're not as much. Boy, lies, 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 lies. It's time for others to step up. I do everything. <laughs> I know, you're laughing inside. I'm laughing outwardly. I can't fix the world. Homeless people need to buck up, pull their bootstraps up, get a job. Just if it was that easy. <laughs> Just if it was that easy. So we're thinking and we're going, wow. Wow. How about this? This is a kicker. Some of us tithe to the church. And we say, it's enough. It's enough! You want more? You want me to give up coats I tithe to the church? Leave me alone. Talk to the people that don't tithe. Whew, that attitude, that's going to be rough. God will deal with you because he's dealt with me with an attitude similar. And he's gracious, but he does discipline those that he loves. It's in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6. Can't get away from it. Here's the thing. Some of us ties say it's just, it's enough. It's enough. It's enough. Hi, I want to pull you guys up, folks. Just a quick demonstration, please. Just real quick, please. Nobody's going to have to say anything. Good job. Yeah. Give them a hand. Hold that side. Hold that side. Hold that side. So, so, so I uh, pretend I'm a tither. <laughs> well, pastor, you should be the pastor. Okay, pretend I'm a tither. Okay, and then uh, once we tithe, though, and especially some of us that have, that have good jobs, you're like, uh, well, Pastor, you don't have a good job. Just for the sake of the illustration, just go along with me. Okay, so, uh, so, so we put the bar 
Oh yeah, right there. It's like, gave my money, I'm free. I'm free at last, I'm free at last. But no, 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 no. It's just go, do, 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 do. Hit the bar every time. For some, giving starts. Thank you, guys. Give them a hand. For some, the tithe is where giving begins for some. And he's, he's equipped us with a lot more means than that. A lot more means than that. So it's like, it's like, bring it up. In a month or two, if you bring it up and something changes and you're now devoted stuff to homeless and, and to people that are just really struggling, come back in three or four months and we ask you, how's life going? Are you broke? Are you on beans and rice like Dave Ramsey says? And you'll say, no. Life's better than it's ever been. Because that's what people say who testify, who go far beyond the tithe. That's what they say. Look at this, look at this. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I give, we're good, we're good. You know, give to the church, the church will help the homeless. Yeah, we will once a month. We will. <laughs> you try eating once a month for a day. <laughs> you see, I think we've got a blind spot. I think, I think we've got a blind spot to prayer in the church. And so we're going to do a prayer series. That's for not me to change. That's the Holy Spirit to change. The Holy Spirit must change our hearts where people will get together for five or ten minutes in their home somewhere else and say, we're praying. We're praying for the church. We're praying for the homeless. We're praying for our city. We're praying for transformation. We're praying for our lives. But we won't ride on that horse because God's going to have to do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. You're like, Pastor, you've talked like 13 minutes and we've got one scripture under our belt. <laughs> That's just, we're starving. <laughs> okay, we'll go on to some scripture. We gotta make some points and then validate the points. Let's do this. Woo! Sheep and goat judgment at the end of the tribulation. This is also called the judgment of the nations. What is synonymous with the word nations? Judgment of the Gentiles. This is part of the Olivet Discourse, started in Matthew 24. It's about end times. So if I say there's three judgments that are going to be in the end times, this judgment, the Bema Seat, the judgment seat for Christians, that's a reward time judgment. Says some will suffer loss, but that'll be shame, according to 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 15, but still be ushered in because of Christ's righteousness. And then there's the, um, the great white throne judgment, Revelation 20, I think it's 11 through 15, for all people that don't know Christ, they get cast into the lake of fire. I didn't say it. The Bible says it. If you're like, well, I'm a classical dispensationalist, so I believe those three judgments all come at the end, all in Revelation 20. Okay, then we'll agree to disagree on that and a million other end times things. Okay, not the point. We've got rapture to heaven. 
I believe in a rapture. First Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. Jesus comes, takes us out, Christians removed. Tribulation. Israel's going to have a humdinger of a time in that time. So are Gentiles who are not born again. Second coming of Christ. After the tribulation. Revelation 19. Comes in on a, on a white horse and looking to conquer. Goes through the battle of Armageddon. You're going, I think that's more end. That's more end. Okay, we'll agree to disagree on end times. We got sheep and goat judgment here. Those sheep who are Gentiles, remember it's a Gentile judgment. The Gentiles during the tribulation that become born again, born again, born again, born again, born again, and help Israel, help Israel with some very specific things because they're born again, born again, born again, they will go into the millennial kingdom. Those that have not trusted Christ that go into the tribulation, they're not raptured, and they don't accept Jesus as their Messiah. Those people, look what happens. They're going to be not sheep counted to the right of Jesus as he's ruling from Jerusalem. They'll be on the left called the goats. They will go to Hades and then they'll await the great white throne judgment. So, so Hades is a, is a place that people that don't know Christ, they go to if they're to die right now even. They go to Hades. It's a separation between them and God as they await final judgment. That's why there should be an urgency about help winning people to Jesus. <laughs> I mean, there really should. <laughs> there's, a, there's a thing on YouTube that talks about final judgment. And people are caught up in the air in final judgment because it's not heaven and it's not earth. It's like outer space. The Bible really describes it as final judgment, outer space. And they're just like, they're taking this, this little platform that they're standing on and they just, start, they just start being thrown in to the lake of fire. It's the strangest, most surreal, most oh my goodness type thing. All right, let's, let's go to the passage here. So Gentiles who show faith in God by assisting Israel in aid and comfort in the tribulation are the sheep who will enter into the millennial kingdom. Whoa, 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 they say PowerPoint. Just a couple words on the PowerPoint. Just a couple. Oh my gracious. Sorry, it's nine verses. It's nine verses. Matthew 25, 31 to 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, Revelation 19, comes back after the tribulation, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right, chosen place, but the goats on the left, remember this is a Gentile judgment, 
Judgment of the nations. Nations means Gentile. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now look at this. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. All signs of somebody being born again. I was in prison and you came to see me. That's abiding, folks. That's, abi That's the expectation. That's abiding. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, in your translation, it might say brethren, and that's the Jews. And that's the time in the tribulation that they just got out of. <laughs> and the king will answer them, truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. So, wow. So this was Jews who were in need in the tribulation, and especially if they didn't take the mark of the beast. They'd be in real need. And so it says if you, if you, if you do it futuristic to the Jews, and you're a Gentile, and you're not born again, you go into the tribulation, and you do that because you found Christ, great. But this has application for us now. Oh, no, it's just the Jews in the tribulation. You don't take a timeless truth of acting and being Jesus' hands and feet to the poor, who he says you'll always have, and say, no, that's temporal, that was that time. No, hermeneutics 101, no. No. <laughs> So then he goes on to say, in the verses here, if you don't do these things, that's an evildoer. You're not going to help the poor? You're not going to go see him in jail? My friend Jerome, who was with us, he went back to jail, but in Riverside. We talk every day on the phone. Every week on the phone. Oh, my goodness. Every week on the phone, he calls me. And for a while, I got tired. Just, 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 this is not going anywhere. We talk, I hear what's going on, we pray. And then all of a sudden, I, I, I come to this passage. I come to the book. And I'm going, when are you going to call me again? When are you going to call me again? It's just the Holy Spirit will change our hearts. He will. And he'll let us know of important things. Let's go on. James 2.15. For brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food. And one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body. What, what good is that? So also faith by itself. It does not have works. It's dead. Talk about not seeing the plan and the grace and the joy of Jesus. Just, just walk like that. 
We have this birthed about us almost every day in Apple Valley. We know people that have homes that are struggling, need help with bills. God's given some of us way, way more to help with people's bills. But you know what? I'm saving for this and that. It doesn't matter for we might not even have tomorrow, according to Scripture. Especially look at the end times coming about us. Look at that passage and tell me. Abiding Christian says, go, be warmed without giving the things. Abiding Christian, lukewarm Christian, or falling away Christian? What is it? Lukewarm or falling away? Lukewarm or falling away? Absolutely. How about 1 John 3.17? If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can the love of God be in that person? This is questioning our, our very faith. And if we're born again, we've had a regeneration experience with Jesus, it's questioning our sanctification. Are we set apart and set out for holiness? Are we actually doing the things that he's put us on the earth for? Shame on me, pastor, because I haven't done it as I've been asked to do it the way the Holy Spirit's presenting this now to me and maybe to you at this point. Ephesians 2.10, we were created to do good works. Good works. But let me bring this. Let me bring this uh, uh, to something that's super meaningful to us here. I don't know. I want to be here. I want to be there. 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 Don't want to be there. Don't want to be there. Not good. That looks fun, but for a short period. Because when you hit the bottom and ground, it hurts. And bones break when you get just a, a smidge older. They, they break. And it's painful. So, so I don't want to be lukewarm. I don't want to be lukewarm. I don't want to be lukewarm. Tell me what lukewarm is, Pastor. Tell me what lukewarm is, please. I need to know what lukewarm is. Okay, let's go. How do we gauge or judge in practicing the last three message challenges? Tell me about lukewarm, Pastor. Describe lukewarm because I don't want to be it. I don't want to be it. I want to be walking with you, Jesus, abiding with you, confessing my sin. I want to be doing that. I want to walk worthy. I want to see your blessing. I want your path to be illuminated because I'm walking in light and not in darkness. <sighs> Take for a moment the last three or four messages because I had to do this too. Remember last week? What can I do? What can I do to help somebody become a disciple? What can I do to help somebody be a Christian? What can I do? We gave all those ideas. Invite them in for your devotion. <laughs> Invite them in for your time of prayer. <laughs> uh, 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 give them a Bible and show them how to use a study Bible. All these ideas. Did anybody take that and run or even give it second thought? Don't say it out loud. I don't want to say it out loud. Okay? Don't say it, but that's, but that's one. How about this? We said, I think it was four weeks ago. How will we set up or step out in faith today to change an unhealthy routine that we have in place so we can have joy unlike the world? How do we do that? How are we doing that? Did that even get a second nod after church? You go, ah, 0 for 2. I mean, and, and I know that because I've been there. And I, 
and I've, I've not graduated from there, okay? Just so you know. How about this? Remember that one? Observe and list what tasks, opportunities, appointments, uh, agenda for the next day and responsibilities we face. And then pray. Pray about those things the night before. Did we do those things? Did we do any of those things? Did any of them even come to mind afterwards? If nothing came to mind, if no remembrance of the scripture text or Jesus after Sunday, maybe we were part lukewarm. Maybe we were part demonstrating uh, a lukewarmness, that we're not, really, we're not really waiting to see what you have for us, Lord. I'm going to really be selective and pick and choose. You know, if I don't have so many hours in front of the TV, I don't have peace. And I can't go to sleep and sleep a good night. I mean, whatever the intricacy is. Whatever the intricacy is. So you just think, what is my life? What decisions do I make? Where, 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 how can I be pleasing to you? I've grown a little bit, Lord. I want to grow more. I don't want to be stagnant. Stagnation is no fun. It leaves me very unfulfilled. It's true for anybody. It's Christ. Let's go further with lukewarm before we uh, close this up here. Close this up at, five, at seven till, five till. Hey, the church at Laodicea. Revelations 3, 15 and 16. And uh, I got a video after this to close with that I want to really kind of bring to light. But Revelation 3, 15 and 16. I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot. This is from Jesus, not the uh, Apostle John, even though John writes Revelation. These are the words of Jesus. He's evaluated seven churches, and this church is the worst of seven. <laughs> it's the worst, not a good place. But Jesus loves them. He loves them. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. And if you look at the church of Laodicea, they were self-sufficient and apathetic. They had an earthquake in AD 60, about 25, 20 years before this was uh, written. And the Laodiceans, they didn't go to the emperor for help. They, they dug deep, pulled up their own resources, and as a city together, they rebuilt their city on their own. Self-sufficient. Very self-sufficient. And so later, as they became the Laodicean church, they had the same problem. Yep, made it since I was little, on my own. They were still self-sufficient, not trusting God for anything. Not relying on Jesus for anything. They're apathetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring in some coats. I don't have any coats. You know, the next series, the pastor will be on prayer. We'll be gone. We won't even be visiting this anymore. I hope that's not the case. And you can hold me accountable for that. You can ask me, is that true? Is that true? Is that? Well, no. Because this is, this is the cornerstone of living in Apple Valley in this community, in this part of town, in this year. That's the nature of our community and the need. Wholeheartedly wholeheartedly. So look at this. I wish you were hot or cold. Hot or cold, that sounds twisted. And neither cold nor hot, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. He doesn't quite do that, and we talked about that earlier, because he's looking for fellowship with them coming up in 320, uh, chapter 3, verse 20. 
But here's what happened. You see this? Hierapolis, Colossae. So you got Laodicea. Laodicea. Hierapolis here. They're known for hot springs. Hot springs, hot springs, hot springs. They piped. They piped their water down to Laodicea. Guess what happened by the time the water got to Laodicea? Yeah, lukewarm. Tempid. Lukewarm water is what people are given, sometimes with a, a little bit of a concoction or sediment in this case, to make you vomit. You and me. <laughs> then we've got over here, we've got Colossae. They were known for cold springs. So hot, medicinally, warms the bones, uh, good for drinks, very appealing. Cold springs, the same thing, very refreshing. These springs were also piped into Laodicea because a good time, a good part of the year, they had, to re they had to depend on outside water. And so by the time the cold springs from, from Colossae came down, they were lukewarm. So the people would know lukewarm. The people would know lukewarm. They would know it really well. And Jesus says it's disgusting. And it was disgusting. And so you think, well, wait a minute. Hot nor cold. In the context, hot, yeah, that's good. Jesus wants us hot for him. We know that because of Revelation 3.19. If you go to Revelation 3.19, oh, wait. Be zealous. The word zealous, same Greek word for hot. Hot. He wants this. He wants this. Be zealous for him. But cold context here, not bad. Cold water. Refreshing. You're not hot or cold. You're lukewarm. I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. Cold water, in this context, not bad. Some will say, yeah, that's, uh, don't be lukewarm. That's better than, or that's worse than not even caring about Jesus at all. It doesn't make sense. Then you're going to hell. You're, you're not going to spend time with Jesus. In heaven, that's not better. So look at the context here. Okay. I put or, if it's not lukewarm, maybe we're falling away. Maybe we're falling away. Let's just give lukewarm really quick a shot. Not to be lukewarm, here it is. Not to be lukewarm because that's what we struggle with. Not to be lukewarm, that's what we struggle with. Not to be lukewarm, here it is. It's not this. We're not talking about doing more at church. Some of you are here so much. There's a song, and I forgot who it's by. It's how can you serve me when your spirit's empty? And we're just here for so many things. We show up because it just seems like the right thing to do. Well, that's taking time away for you to have intimacy with Jesus so you can know your next steps, strategic, intentional steps. So we're not talking about doing more at church. We're talking about praying, meditating, being still before God, and intentional about next moves. Living fervently for the Lord. Serving Him with energy and desire. Confessing our sin. This is about intimacy. You alone with Jesus. You alone with Jesus. And out of that, you alone with Jesus over day after day after day, then you tell me what God's asking you to do. 
and be a part of it. Oh, you can run yourself ragged, be here and go, is this the faith? Is this the Christian faith? I don't have time to read. <laughs> you have me coming back to the church. Oh, some things will have to change. We'll have to do some things differently. Okay. Don't be lukewarm. Just running like crazy. Take time for you to be intimate with Jesus. You'll love your family better. You'll love others better. You'll love your neighbors better. Take that time. I told my elders, that's number one for me. Take time with Jesus. And out of that, other things will flow. Oh. Hey, finally, if you're lukewarm, Jesus, forgive me for some of the practices that I have that are causing me to be lukewarm. Help me to abide that the richest blessing on this earth, John 10.10, would be prominent and there for me. Help that process, please, and help it start today. But if you're here and you're falling away, if you know things are getting worse and worse, you're falling away, you know you're getting further away from Christ, you know the darkness looks better and better, Look at this video. The video goes backwards. It's really strange. Casting crowns, anybody but me know them? Casting crowns, you like them? Take a look. It's called slow fade. And, and if we're not careful, and if we're doing things out of being lukewarm and just running ourselves to the bone, the slow fade can start to happen. And it's rather dangerous. Oh, amen. Yeah, that's pretty powerful. The Lord works through casting crowns and video. None of us are exempt from that. None of us. I think we're strong and uh, we could be sinking today and by the end of the night be fully engulfed and falling away. That's why we need each other. God bless you. So as we close, can we get our music team? Because we've got to start some really powerful worship. Just a moment. Is there anybody here that, that needs to pray a sinner's prayer to just become born again? Anybody that doesn't know Jesus, that if you died today, you don't know if you're going to heaven and you want to make sure you're going to heaven. Is there anybody here that would need to pray that prayer? Everybody's secure. We're going to see all of you in heaven. That's awesome. Maybe we'll go to a Cardinals game. No? Okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, so let's take just a moment. And uh, before we finish our last couple of songs, um, does anybody need to like just, just come to the altar and confess? Ask God for a change of heart. Anybody need to come forward and just say, God, you know my areas. And uh, by the way, could somebody shut the back doors? It just, it looks like we're ending and we're not ending. This is, this is, this is not what we want. We're here for Jesus. We're not here to get, to get at 1110. We open the doors and say, go, get, get out of here. No, we're here for Jesus. And so, and so this is important. And so if anybody, anybody wants to come forward and just pray, families come to the altar and pray. Daughters and, and, and children and, and uh, parents uh, come to the altar.